It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics like you and me to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams. My co-host is, what's your name? I'm Jeff Trailer. Uh, don't pull me into your busy and distracted world. You don't know that I'm busy and distracted. You just came back from a sweet vacation. I you're, did. You're not, you're not busy nor distracted. You were relaxed and refreshed. I was. You're wrong, though. I am busy and distracted, but that's just because I work for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I drag you to be on this podcast every week. Father Christian Rabb, how are you? I'm awesome. Did I say your name right? Yep. Sweet. Perfectly. I was worried I, I, I psyched myself out. We did a whole episode about this. I know. I didn't remember. Rob versus Rab. It's definitely Rab. Rab. Got it. Um, and you aren't bearing any puppies today. The puppies are outside. Okie dokie then. How are you just going to steal straight from my dumb questions? Sorry. <laughs> just right, right after it. Anyway, I'm still going to ask more later. Don't worry. Like a teaser, everybody. A, We're going to learn maybe, about puppies today. I, yeah, I should have brought a puppy into, the, into my little room here. I mean, we can wait. I think everything in life is better with a puppy, even a it podcast. It takes a while. We would have to reschedule for like two minutes now. How many? Never mind. Um, welcome to the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Jeff. Aw, thanks for the welcome. Are you excited to be here? I am. And I am excited, too, because we've had Father Christian on the podcast before, but we've never had pastor, father, or associate administrator, what is it? A canonical administrator? What is it? What's your official title Parochial now? Vicar. Parochial vicar. Yeah. Christian Rab on Father Brother Christian Rab. OSB. PV. This is the first time I've been assigned to a parish. Ever? Yeah, I mean, I've gone out and done parish stuff, but this is the first time I have like a gig. A gig. The question becomes what did you do to Father Dennis? To get cast out. <laughs> no, that's funny. Nothing like that. Yeah, because usually you're at the, the St. Minard Arch Abbey. Yeah, and I am actually at St. Minard today. That's where I'm speaking from. Um, but I'm uh, I'm going to be still teaching at St. Minard two days a week, but the rest of the time I'll be doing parish ministry. And are you currently like in the cloistered area of? Wow, yes. I've never been inside here before. I gave up. I had to give up my room in the seminary, so this is my monastery cell. But there's nothing in here because uh, all my stuff is over parish. And it's against the rules for 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 lay people to go back there. But I feel like I, I feel like I'm I'm in. 
Yeah, can you give us a walking tour? That can just be the whole podcast. Real good um, audio show is just you giving us a visual tour. If I can somehow manage to keep the camera off my floor so you can see all my clothes scattered around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyways, let's let's jump in. Okay. Oh, here we go. That's a wall. That's a window. It's a there's lot a, of there's white an walls. empty closet. There's a bed with a, a bunch of a bunch of habits on a it. A bunch of habits piled <laughs> on it. It's a laundry day in the it's, in the monastery. It's so it's the holiest frat room that I've ever seen. That's it. <laughs> Bookshelf with nothing on it. Yeah, because all my books were in my faculty office, or a few things have been taken over to the parish office. Awesome. All right, Jeff. Two minute drill. Let's go. Two minute drill. Here we go. Um, our first reading comes from Genesis chapter good, 18. Good book. We're, we're talking, I, I originally read it and I was like, Oh, Sodom and Gomorrah, except it's not that story about Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, Abraham is speaking to God and they're talking about just the awful things happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. And then Abraham turns into like the most annoying child. Like every parent will understand this story and like the patience of God here because God is talking about how he is going to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham says, will you sweep away the innocent with the guilty? And so they talk about that a little bit. And then Abraham says, well, what if there are 50 people who are innocent there? Will you sweep it away? And he's like, no, I'll save them if there's 50. He's like, well, what about 45? <laughs> he says, no, I'll save them. Well, what about 30? What about, 20? what about 10? What if there's like, I, I'm very much remembering many a conversations with my children where they just kept saying, well, what about this? What about this? What just pushing the envelope and even, uh, even Abraham recognizes and says, Lord, please don't grow angry as I speak, but I'm, I just one more. Can I ask for these 10? And he says, no, if it's 10, at least he will not destroy it. Update. It was destroyed. So he didn't, he didn't ask about less than 10. Um, our response to our psalm this week, Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. Not a banger. Not a banger. Uh, yeah, it's solemn. It's quite, It's nice and soothing um, and fitting for the gospel. I feel like the way it's worded, I would forget exactly the order it went. <laughs> so not a mumbler? Just like a, you just lose track? Say all the words, would, but not in the I right order. Get it slightly wrong. Lord, I called for help on a day when yeah, exactly. me, you answered. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Lord. You call? The best part is you say, I feel like, but like, you're going to have to do this on Sunday. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's got somebody no. else doing the psalm. I'm right there doing the same thing as everybody else. Somebody else leads this song. Oh, you just ma- move your mouth and don't actually say it? <laughs> is that what everybody else does? Yeah, that's what a lot of people do. <laughs> just mouth the word watermelon so it looks like you're singing. <laughs> Lord, oh. you answered me on the day I called for help. That was different. That's not. <laughs> All right. The second reading then. Uh, second reading is, is a, a wonderful explanation from Colossians about how we die and rise in baptism. Um, so it focuses. Uh, it talks about all of these things that were given up for us by God. But it says, sneak peek, preview, uh, having forgiven us all our transgressions obliterating the bond against us, all of these things that he offered up. But I think that was a curious phrasing as we lead into our gospel reading this week. Luke chapter 11, 1 to 13. 
Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us the prayer as just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Give us, this, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us and do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, for the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give, in, give the Holy Spirit those who ask him? All right. Thanks, Joe. Good job. You're welcome. That was a tough one. In the world of like forgetting the order of the words, like trying to read that prayer there in the words that Jesus said, not the words we always say. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Uh, Father Christian Rab, did Jeff get anything wrong? No. You've gotten nothing wrong in a long time. I, well, we've been doing this podcast for over a year now. Like I've, I t- I've taken my licks. Yeah. Uh, and I've tried to get a little better. We're almost to, to episode 100. That's you know that? how I, I didn't. How should we celebrate? I don't know. We should do a podcast. Oh, done. All right. Uh, <laughs> Father Christian, are you, you're at a parish now. You are the parochial yeah. vicar at St. <laughs> Joseph. 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 In Jasper. In Jasper. And are you preaching this weekend? I am. I have a couple of the masses. They're, it's a busy place. I have six masses every weekend. So. Okay. Six? Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What so I have two of them What are you weekend. preaching about this weekend? Well, I haven't written a homily yet, but this oh. is tough because Father Christian is a big fan of our podcast to help him write homilies. <laughs> and I know because when we stopped doing it for a while, he was one that I got an impassioned plea from who was like <laughs> I know that this is tough on you guys, but it, it really is worth it. It's really good. You should really keep doing it. So it's a little tough when he has to be on the podcast. I've come to depend on you guys like a crutch. And, and, and now I don't know how to write a homily if I listen to the podcast. So now that I have to be on the podcast, I don't know how to write my homily. Um, I just imagine you walking up to the pulpit, getting your phone out, pressing play. Yeah. <laughs> And Welcome to the music and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to. I think I'm going to focus on salvation. Very um, kind of basics, you know, basic basics. Um, cr- Christian Christian message. Can't really but, go wrong if you talk salvation. No, yeah. No. Um, but maybe the twist is to bring in what is the church's role in salvation. Um, sometimes the, even the language or discourse around salvation brings us a lot into individual ways of conceiving it. And uh, I want to talk about the church's role. But we start with Genesis 
because there we have Abraham, but he's really kind of, he's functioning like a Christ figure because he is talking about, well, he's interceding. He's interceding for Israel. And so he's talking to God about whether the Israel can be saved, whether they can be protected from um, you know, what's due to them. Uh, and if perhaps the innocent can mediate for the guilty, right? And so he's both pointing to Christ, literally, because what's going to happen thousands of years down the road is that it's for the sake of one man, we all are saved, um, Christ's innocent. But also, he's not only pointing at that message, but he's also a type of Christ, if that makes sense, um, because he's actually mediating for Israel in that moment. He's interceding for them. And so that's giving us a preview of what Christ did on the cross and really what Christ is internally for us uh, in his priesthood in heaven as in the book of Hebrews. And then when we get to the gospel, we see how salvation is something that the church also gets to participate in because now the church is being asked to be an intercessor. And uh, they're being taught the Our Father. Um, and it's a prayer for forgiveness. It's a prayer for the kingdom to come. And, you know, it's not sort of saying, hey, this is only my job, but I'm asking you as church to do this as well. You also to pray for yourselves and everybody else, that they will have their sins forgiven, that the kingdom will come. And he also tells them that their prayers are going to be powerful. And so I see in there both Christ as the, the model intercessor, but also giving us a job to do to be intercessors for others and for the world. So what's, what's my job? What's my role in salvation? Um, for yourself, for others. I mean, first of all, it's, of course, to unite yourself to Christ. Uh, and I, that's actually, I think, what the second reading is really getting at. Um, Paul... All of, you know, one of the wonderful things that we see in Paul is the notion of being in Christ, in Christoi. And that's really the key to everything, is to be united to Christ, participating in Christ, um, in living a life of mystical communion with Christ. And we accomplish that, as I, we say we accomplish. That's misleading. God, God, of course, initiates that through his action, through the sacrament. And so it's baptism that begins that life lives. But um, by, by being baptized, by receiving confirmation, but then by you know, maintaining and deepening that connection to the Eucharist, we really are the body of Christ. And it's being part of that body that we're, our sins are put to death and we live the resurrection. It's incredible. It's awesome. Now, of course, it it's not just a matter of 
receiving the sacraments in any kind of passive way, we have to respond with a life of faith and a life of charity. It's certainly no people who've been baptized who have done nothing with that baptism. Um, and we would be very precarious to in any way say, oh, they're saved because they're baptized. Like mm-hmm. we, we have to respond to the graces we've been given. But it's through the sacraments that those graces are guaranteed, um, initiated, or, you know, further deepened in very profound ways. So I think our role in salvation is, is to remain united to Christ through the sacraments and through faith and then through charity, of course, too. So you said something before when Scott asked about how do we do that, and, and you just talked yeah. about uniting ourselves to Christ, but you said for ourselves or others. So yeah. oh yeah, my question would become what – which is more important? Like, which is more of my response, my primary responsibility, my own salvation or the salvation of those around me, of my family, my kids, my people I don't know? I think you get different answers for this. Um, but what's the right one? That sounds like a cop out. <laughs> <laughs> what would a good priest tell us? Who? Um, <laughs> I, I think you're going to be in trouble if you cut. It's like there are two uh, blades and a scissors, and it won't work if you try to remove them. Um, because if we're only thinking about our own salvation, uh, we're probably not approaching the whole question in a Christian way. Because to be truly followers of Jesus Christ it's going to lead us to be people for others, right? Um, and so the if we're authentically and genuinely concerned about our own salvation, it's necessarily going to lead us to being concerned about others' salvation. Um, I do know, though, for like someone like Therese of Lisieux, who I, I love so much, and I love reading her spiritual writings, and I think this was true for her, and I think it's true for some other people too. Thinking about her own salvation got to a point that it, it, was, a, it was anxious. And uh, so she basically said, and I think this was pretty healthy, I'm going to trust Jesus to take care of me. And my focus is going to be on helping others. Which is tricky Um, because in that moment, she united herself to Christ. Like she, mm -hmm. not in that moment, Therese of Lisieux had done that long before, but she gave up that trust and said, I am united to Christ. I guess there's a piece of it where as I, as you were answering and I was thinking about the question I had asked in order to lead somebody someplace, you have to know the path. So, there is a little bit of a chicken and egg thing here. Well, I like that too. And I think some, neither of these things are wrong. And sometimes yeah. we just, yeah. it's a question of what's right for this moment. And um, what do I need to hear right now based on where I'm standing? Yeah, it's, it's a, the put your oxygen mask on before you put your kids on, right? Like, Yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if I'm you, reminded. If if you're kind of letting your own moral life fall apart or letting your own prayer life fall apart, you're not going to be much good for others. Uh, 
And sometimes the best thing we can do for others is attend to our own prayer life, attend to our own moral life. I, well, the image I use a lot with seminarians is you got to sharpen your saw. Uh, you got to take a step back and sharpen your saw. And sometimes it seems like you're taking away from the people you serve because you need that day off. But it's like, well, if you're just trying to cut with that dull saw, you're not very effective. Mm-hmm. So the best thing you can do for them sometimes is make a retreat for yourself. I think that's true. I'm reminded of the uh, the last line of the Litany of Humility. It says, others become holy than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. It's mm. like, you know, one one comes before before the other, but desiring it is is important. Desiring other people's holiness. Uh, at the same token, I'm also reminded of people that are so Catholic, they're kind of a butthead about how, <laughs> about how Catholic other people should be. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which... Which sounds sounds goofy, but um, but then you just see see people that are living and leading a holy life that it becomes desirable, that it becomes attractive, and yeah. that's the life that like I truly want to live. Like I want to live a life that holiness becomes attractive. Yeah, and and I think that's that's not something you can measure. You cannot tell like how it is, but um, but when you see it, you know it. Yeah, I like that. I feel like that's my only chance to be attractive. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to work for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you do that. I'm in. I'm in. You're a handsome fellow, Jeff. Oh, you're sweet. Do you, I don't have a good transition, but you want to do dumb questions now? We're out, yes. of, we're out of time with the regular. Hey, can I, before we do dumb questions, the little guitar lick or Horn lick, whatever it is, and you're found for this part of the show. It's kind of awesome. Where does that come from? It is the audio. I probably shouldn't say it. We'll probably get sued or oh, something now. But it. no, it's the uh, the there's the movie uh, that thing you do. Did you ever see uh, that movie? Wow. It it is the audio that in in that movie the band is in a movie, and they okay. play Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters is the name of their band. And it's yeah. the audio that they're playing in the movie. It's the the music yeah. that they're playing. I was like, I always look forward to that little musical interview. <laughs> but it's it's totally an, an original. But we did an rendition. original version and score of it, and it is no in no way, shape, or form. It's not derivative in any way. No, probably. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, my friend Ryan, who did our intros, and he came up with that. All right, dumb questions. It's time for Jeff's Dumb Questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. Uh, all right, first off, uh, you are now parochial vicar at St. Joseph's in uh, Jasper. Very exciting. I know that there was a little bit of a unique story about you being a, a Benedictine and coming back to St. Joseph's. Can you share that? I thought it was really cool when you shared it online. So, Yeah, so that parish was kind of the flagship parish for this huge group of German Catholic immigrants that came to Indiana in the 1840s. And then there were just gobs of these German Catholics around, and there were no priests who spoke German. And so... 
the pastor of St. Joseph's in Jasper, who I think was Czech, anyway, his name was Joseph Kundek. He's thinking, I got to go with some German-speaking priests. So he went to Switzerland and he recruited the Benedictines from Einsiedeln to come to Southern Indiana and help him. Oh, wow. And those were the guys that started St. Meinrad Archabbey. And so really the first thing that Benedictines did, Benedictine men anyway, in this area was parish ministry. Um, and they built the monastery with an idea that they would be training guys for the priesthood, living the Benedictine life, and, and also continue to kind of have some sort of presence in, in the parish work among the local people. That's um, amazing, though. What a full circle, like... Yeah, that, and the, the, that parish ended up, after Kundek retired, had a number of Benedictine priests, but it's been now almost 70 years since they had one, and I'm the first one to go back. Well, what an honor for you. I love it. Um, I, can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, when you look at diocesan boundaries, uh, you'll notice that the Archdiocese of Minneapolis, there's a little bit of a of a little hoop that goes over and scoops up St. Meinrad from yeah. the Diocese of Evansville. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. is that uh, intentional, you think? Yes. Okay. <laughs> cool. Any, no, do you have any that. history on that? There's no Evansville, such thing as politics in the church. It's kind of weird. Evansville was carved out of the Indianapolis Diocese. But Evansville has Vincennes, and Vincennes was the original yeah. seat. Interesting. Of the Indianapolis Diocese. What? Um, and then when they carved Evansville out, what was that, the 1950s or something? Um, 52, I think. Yeah, 52, 53. When they did that, they left St. Meinrad in the Archdiocese, even though it would make a lot of sense for them to be in the Diocese of Evansville. But the, it was important that the archdiocese have a seminary, and more important than uh, a, a, just a diocese, a simple diocese to have a seminary. So it was a lot easier for them to just let us continue to be the seminary for the archdiocese rather than create this new diocese and put their seminary in it, and now they would have pressure i think especially at that time when they were they would have had pressure to build their own seminary yeah Yeah. okay well i was gonna say now that you're in jasper at this assignment how often do you go to the schnitzelbank uh i've been there once in the last two weeks uh i like the schnitzelbank the schnitzelbank is amazing it's (laughs) uh but fun fact my when my dad and mom met and first started dating, the first place that uh, my mom ever met my grandparents, my mom was from Chicago. No. First place she ever met my grandparents was at the Schnitzelbank. And she said that was just like a very wild experience to meet these like good old German Catholic people at like oh, the yeah. most German restaurant in all of so the Midwest. Is that, is that side of your family from Jasper? Is what? Your oh. mom, is your dad's family from Jasper? Uh, from Lagodi. Washington and Montgomery area. Yeah. Yep. All right. Last question. Your, uh, your wonderful dog who we've talked about many times 
on yes, the podcast, yes, Lexi, Lexio Divina. Um, it, you're, you're, she is wonderful, but it sounds like she acted up a little bit. <laughs> and you are now a dog father to how many puppies? <laughs> uh, there are four. We had five, but we lost one. Oh. Oh. So four puppies. Lexi had four puppies. Um, are you... Are you not raising these puppies at your new parish assignment in Jasper? No. The puppies are going to their new homes in the next week. Oh. Have they been they've all been adopted? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I was gonna ask if my family could have one. And I was gonna say if my wife listened to the podcast, we could get a dog. But I feel like I'm pretty oh, wow. safe that we wouldn't have gotten one. But she's been asking about I show her pictures of your puppies all the time, and she asks oh, all the time. I wish you would ask me a long time ago. Mm. But um, I don't want another dog. That's why I didn't oh, ask. <laughs> <laughs> the pups are, have been a great gift. Um, lots of fun. and But they're a lot of work. <laughs> they're a lot of work. And they're... They have to be together for a certain amount of time, you know? So yeah. it's not like you just have puppies and then, woo we're done. Uh, it's like eight weeks of work, you know? And this has all been at the at St. Minard, or? Yes. Oh. I've been going back and forth between St. Minard and Jasper multiple times a day. It's insane. Yeah. It's completely insane. That's fantastic. And, uh, and I'm sure that it's been... Uh, there's been no scoffing from any of the other brothers that everybody thinks that this is just great. Oh, <laughs> every, everybody loves the dog and the puppies and they're completely on board and not true at all. There are some dissenters. <laughs> there are some dissenters. Some dissenters. <laughs> I love it. Well, will Lexi be living with you in ja- Will she travel back and forth that's with you? Plan, yeah, okay. that's eventually. Well, good. Well, congrats on the puppies and making it through your eight weeks. Yes. And All right. Thank you. Thanks it's for joining. Thanks for having me on the show. Look forward to next time. Yeah. See you later, alligator. It's all right, cause I'm a separate. It's all right, cause I'm a separate. It's all right, cause I'm a separate Sunday.